Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome to the final episode of Joan and the Savvy Podcaster. This is episode 10, 2008, and my big mistake. This audio series was designed primarily to give potential podcasters an overview of how to create and produce a fictional podcast. So I don't want to come off as, we had to walk uphill both ways with no shoes. Instead, I hope to give some insight to just how far the technology has come in such a short time. The excitement of possibilities I felt in the beginning of podcasting, I still feel today, especially since it's gotten so much easier. So let me just set the scene for some perspective. 2007 was the first year the iPhone was introduced. Craigslist was just getting started. You know, there was no gay marriage or streaming media. Personally, my partner and I had moved to San Francisco the year before, and I was finishing a documentary with Phyllis Diller for the local uh, cable channel. Yes, once upon a time, there was local cable channels, and nursing the wounds of a failed television show. Failed as in mercilessly stomped on before it even had a chance. For Christmas that year, my partner had gotten me a new iMac desktop, my first Apple product, And uh, two things caught my eye. There were two apps. It was GarageBand and the iWeb. And after years of banging my head against glass ceilings and brick walls and and unidentified flying objects, a creative light bulb went on. I was very myopic in that all that I saw was a way to make and distribute my art. (laughs) How was I going to distribute it and pay for it? Who cares? Let's go make some art. Podcasting was just starting to crawl back then, stumbling along, and the big thing to do was to either do an interview show, to do some marketing for your product, or read a book that was out of copyright protections. You'd read it out loud and try to get advertising money, because media still runs on advertising money. It has since the 1920s early radio shows. So my big idea was to remount the world of radio dramas. I thought that with these tools available now, You can even have a website, like a television station, but with podcasts. Just like in the days when they had the Lone Ranger and Gracie and George and 
my favorite wife radio hours. And to be honest with you, there was just no one around to tell me that maybe this was not the best idea. And I probably wouldn't have listened anyway. If nothing else, this would be a great experiment. This is also the reason I did this how-to series. I mean, it wasn't meant to be in-depth, but just to verbally walk people through the process. So the steps today are the same ones that they had in the 1920s in the early aughts with the writing and the casting and the recording. So my first step was to write a series that could sustain several seasons. So I named the show after the San Francisco MTA's O Bus Line, and that was at the end of our street that my partner used to take back and forth into the city, the O-Line Mysteries. Originally, it was going to be a fictional account of people that rode the bus with her. So I set it in the island town that we were living in, the San Francisco Bay, and I called the island Alani, which is the historical American Indian name for the island. And then like a cat with a hairball, I reworked the plot, and I choked out a couple of episodes and outlined the rest of the 25-episode series. I know, 25 episodes per series. It was crazy. Um, Then I cajoled, uh, convinced, and coerced some unsuspecting people to talk the lines into a microphone. Neighbors, partners, work people, random strangers. It didn't matter to me. The first two episodes were recorded in our living room uh, of our old Victorian house on two borrowed Shure 57 microphones. And we used pantyhose stretched across... (laughs) coat hangers (laughs) as spit guards but spit guards are now called pop filters Um, and then we transferred the sound files into a borrowed inbox to make them digital and recorded it through GarageBand into an external memory bank and I knew that the sound would be horribly echoey but I figured I could at least clean up some of that in the post and in lieu of pay (laughs) this is great We put out a food spread that would shame a craft service truck, which at the time seemed like a brilliant idea as a way to show our gratitude to the actors Um, while you're doing your voice recording. It's just not the best idea. The next week, we did the same thing to record episode three and four, and at that point, it was obvious to me that this setup was not going to work. I was going to need a more sustainable recording situation. But first, I needed to figure out how to edit these four episodes, and GarageBand just wasn't cutting it. It was great to feed the vocals through and record this into the sound file, but I needed something more to actually stitch together the show and add the sound effects and music. And I didn't want to set my sights too high for the outcome, and I knew that this was going to be very rudimentary. So I kept my expectations exactly where they needed to be. So like I've said through the editing episodes here, stitching fictional shows can be an absolute beast. So first I hired a woman-owned recording studio in Oakland to edit the first four episodes. You know, I was all proud of myself. I was supporting a woman-owned business. As I pulled up to the studio, which was in the back of her house, I kept an eye on this guy who was sleeping in this old beat-up red hatchback. And I remember this so vividly. I took a deep breath and cradling the external memory brick, which held my most precious sound recordings, I hoped that she would show patience with me and what I was trying to accomplish. By the way, back then, I didn't have this saved in three different places. Buying memory was very expensive. 
I think the external memory brick was like 256 megabytes maybe, and that was a top-end deal. So this editing session was going to go one of two ways. Either I'd be welcomed with open arms, or it was going to be a disaster. So as I go around back of her house to the shed slash recording studio, I could hear this car door shut behind me, and I quickly scramble up the steps, and I knock on the door, and this woman answers, and she introduces the sound engineer to me, who I guess woke up from his car and was scrambling up behind me. You know, that didn't freak me out or anything. So we go into the studio, and I never saw her again. So much for the sisterhood, right? So what proceeded was me explaining what I needed to do, and then what came out of him is what I can only explain as, a, as an opera rant. I mean, it was a tirade, and it ranged from, how dare you hire a sound mastering studio to edit a podcast? <laughs> to you don't even know what you're doing, which, fair enough, he was right, I didn't. Um, but he spared no insult, this guy. I mean, it was epic. And, you know, by the way, looking back now, this was in a soundproof studio, so no one would know if something bad happened to me. Again, so much for the sisterhood, right? But at that moment, all I saw was this sweating, red-faced wanker throwing a hissy fit, like a demented character out of Don Giovanni. Sailor, you are a butthole. And I laughed at him because it was funny to me. And I said to him, I know, it's crazy, right? And honestly, I would not recommend doing this. So if that ever happens to you, leave. Take the precious memory brick with you or leave it. Just go. Head for the door. But for some reason, after I laughed and was admitted, like, I know, it's crazy, right? He settled down. He sat right back down in the editing chair, and he was like, okay, what do you need to know? <laughs> and then he showed me the basics of how to edit the show. <laughs> Not the mastering part, but just some basic editing. That was that experience. You know, editing back then was, they were closely held secrets, you know, by the schools. And by anybody who could, you know, make money doing it. So the second editor I hired ghosted me. We had met in their studio, and I explained what I was doing and what I needed, and they just stopped answering the phone. Every time I'd call them to set up another editing appointment, they were done. The third editors, I thought that they would work out, but I had been really explicit um, with them that, I wanted them to bleep out all the cuss words for two reasons, really. You know, one of the characters is very foul-mouthed, and I thought it was funny just to have one character who was constantly having to be bleeped while no one else had to be bleeped. You know, here's this sh show that's kind of a Scooby-Doo or I Love Lucy meets Murder, She Wrote, and you have one character who's constantly cussing. But I also, I didn't want that expletive rating uh, from the Apple podcast. Because back then, Apple, like now, was big in distributing. But they uh, kept, they were leaving it in, which meant they were only mastering the show. And they weren't really doing what I was paying them for. Then finally, our upstairs neighbor enrolled in a sound editing school. Blessed be to Tim. To this day, if Tim called me for a project and said he needed help, I would literally just have to drop everything and be there for him because he did so much for me. So I went ahead and I bought the Adobe Sound Editing Suite. Back then, you could actually buy the Sound Editing Suite. You didn't have to rent it like you do now. 
Um, and so over a, a few sessions, he calmly and methodically, he would take me through it and teach me what I needed to know to edit a fictional show. And then he did a quick ditty for the intro of the music. Um, so to do all the Foley work for the sound cues, I used a digital sound editing tapes, which is why all the doors shutting and the car doors, really all the sound effects sound the same in the series. I think I did it once and I called it a day. Because by now, I was trying to learn how to code the website and the RSS feed. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. So the website in the RSS feed. Okay. I think there were probably four or five podcatchers, um, which today are called distributors. Apple, of course, is the main one. Um, so you loaded up your podcast to your website, and with the RSS feed, you directed all the distributors or podcatchers to list your show on their site, um, and it would get downloaded from your site. Um, this meant you needed, at a bare minimum, to at least know some HTML code. Uh, luckily, there was a used bookstore in town, or maybe it was Goodwill or something, but I got my hands on a How to Write HTML code book. And I wish, honestly, I still had that book because it was so useful. It was the easiest part of the whole website building. Originally, I had used iWeb from the Apple to design it, but by the time I finished coding, and building the site, I just scrapped the app and used my own hobbled together code. But then I had to buy the domain name and the website hosting service. 
and I had to get one with the most downloadable memory for the cheapest price. Uh, the cool thing, and I don't know if they still do this, but they had this traffic tracker or traffic facts, maybe it was called, but it gave you all the information to down to like the who, when, where, and how of information. I mean, it was awesome because instead of giving that information to a third party who could be anybody, as in marketers or posters or whatever corporation, it was yours. Uh, like it was between you and your listeners. And the funny thing now is it used to take, and I'm not kidding here, all night to upload a show, like hours and hours of downloading to the software, then editing and uploading it back again. And after I finished editing the show, I would start the upload and just go to bed. I remember I once woke up from the computer, my head dangling around my neck. I had literally fell asleep mid-edit. So now I had the website. I had four full episodes, and now I knew how to edit for myself and to direct the podcasters to the or podcatchers to the show, and a general understanding of how to move forward with the show. And I did forty-four episodes, forty-six episodes worth, and I got the cycle down. I'd write four episodes, bring the cast in, which, by the way, that actually never got solved. We ended up just recording in my very echoey living room. I recast the part I was playing after like the fourth or fifth episode um, because it became quite apparent I could not do everything and run the show. So I ended up playing like little bit parts. I would edit the show together and do the load up. I was always running uh, a month ahead of time so I could take breaks here and there and because I was always having to juggle to when I could bring certain cast members in to record. So, because they couldn't all meet together at the same time. So I had to have a cushion, time cushion for all that. And I finally had all the moving parts working together and everything was moving smoothly. So about halfway through the series, I thought it would be worth a try to see if I can get some advertising. I mean, I had the numbers and downloads and the Guardian newspaper from England had included us in an article about the new audio drama podcast to listen for. And after the first season, I was inspired to go forward as the downloads were absolutely worldwide, and especially in Europe and the UK, and those people love some audio drama. So what could go wrong, right? I approached everyone I could think of, from independent shops to mom-and-pop shops to smaller corporations for advertising, um, advertising agencies. No one, not a peep. So I put it on the back burner for a bit, and I was still writing and editing the whole thing. Finally, I saw one of the podcatchers were talking about putting advertising into the podcast, and I thought, right, that's fine, I'll do that. But here's the catch, and this was my biggest mistake. They wanted all the information from my listeners, all the emails and traffic facts for the subscribers. Like, they just wanted all of your um, download information. Now, this was like 2009, 2010 at this point, and I just thought that would be the biggest betrayal ever to just hand over the personal information of people who visited the website and listened to the show. You know, in the old-time radio shows, did the radio stations take all that information from people who listened to their radios for the Grace and George and Gracie radio show? No, they did not. They just put out the show for all to enjoy. And people were not expecting to be tracked back then. 
you know, I would have to put in some kind of disclaimer or record at the very least some type of statement that said, hey, listeners, just so you know, we got some advertising money to pay for the show, but you should also know that you're being tracked by advertising companies and marketing companies that are paying for this show. (laughs) Meanwhile, like two years later, people are just handing over their information and emails to stores for like a 5% discount on a $15 sale item in a store. But as it turns out, no one cares. It's just an accepted way of life now. It's a rudiger, if you will. Rules of engagement. So you know what? I stopped doing the show at that point. All that work, all those hours, all that money, frankly. You know what, though? It wasn't for nothing. I got to do the show. I learned a new medium with the audio drama. I learned sound editing. I made some great friends. And one actor, by the way, who played Annie, decided that she loved voiceover work so much, she's decided to do it professionally, which is the coolest thing. I'm a little bit proud of that. But I just couldn't imagine having to reformat all those episodes for this advertising and having any kind of audience still stick with me for it. (laughs) Silly me. But that also leads me to the reboot. I am again listing the O-Line Mysteries. Um, I'm not remastering the show or anything fancy. It's just going out as is. Um, You know, this isn't the remastered classics in HD. But they are just sitting there like a shadow. So why not? The first four episodes, I think, are a little bit dodgy, as I'll get out. But you know what? I stand by the creation as a whole. And this time, I'm putting in the advertising. You've been warned. Thank you so much for joining me for this series. I really hope that it helps people in whatever way possible. Um, I hope that it's given you some hints and tips and hacks uh, that you find in there that I have found that help me. And good luck podcasting. This series was created by Billy Bat Productions using helpful resources from Audacity, freesound.org, freemusicarchive.org. And the music is from John Bartman at johnbartman.com or johnbartman.fma.org. For links to these sites and our blog, please see our show notes.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.